0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Fantasy scoring was down, way down in the wide receiver apocalypse in week 11. Nick and I are going to break it all down for you coming up on the roto Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by the good folks from No House Advantage. Jeff Erickson here with Nick Whalen. Nick, it was a sloppy Week 11. A lot of low scores, especially in the early window. Uh, a lot of good players on by, other good players hurt, and other elite players doing nothing. Uh, just all around, I saw a, lo- a lot of low fantasy scores, except for the leagues where I was going up against Tony Pollard.
2: Yeah, that was about the only uh, real bright spot. I was just looking at a league where I have 61.6 points and I'm going to win comfortably in that league, which is uh, not something you can say very often. And That's not a
1: touchdown only league or anything like that then?
2: No, no, this is just uh, kind of your run of the mill ESPN league. Um, Yeah, like you said, I mean, just almost no offense, you know, in that Jets Patriots game did not have an offensive touchdown there. Eagles Colts was low scoring. Uh, Bills came alive in the second half, uh, but but even that one was off to a slow start. I mean, really, like you said, other than Tony Pollard, other than Jamal Williams, uh, a pretty quiet day all around. Big day for Joe Burrow, though, uh, as well, and your Cincinnati Bengals winning that game in Pittsburgh. That, that to me, yeah. felt like it was becoming almost too much of a trap game to the point where I, I kind of regretted uh, taking the Steelers' ATS uh, in staff picks, but, but they put up a fight and almost 70 total points between those two teams. Steelers were winning at halftime.
1: Um, they th- if they... And on their second interception, they had really good field position. They could have put themselves in a really good spot, but mm-hmm. Bengals defense stiffened up in the second half quite a bit. Um, I was on the Steelers on that one. I was, I was wrong a lot in staff picks this week. So last week I think I went eleven and three. This week I did not do that. Uh, my best bet was the Vikings. My second best bet was the Giants. It was, it was bad. It was bad all around, Nick.
2: Well, my best bet was the Giants as well. And I, you know, we, we had Scott Pianowski on the XM show on on Wednesday, chatted with him about that, uh, both him and Jim Coventry were, you know, they loved it. They were like, oh yeah, of course, you know, Giants you know, at, shouldn't be only three-point favorites. They're at home against the Lions. Lions have maybe uh, been a little bit inflated with these back-to-back wins. Neither of them are really all that convincing. And yeah, to me, that was maybe the single most shocking result of the weekend. Obviously Dallas, you know, 37-point victory on the road at Minnesota that that's, that's almost in a category of its own, but the giants getting smacked around really never feeling like they were in that game at home against the Detroit lions. That that was a huge surprise.
1: Losing the physical battle, not being able to establish Saquon Barkley at all. That to me, would blew my mind. Let's start going through these games and we'll start uh, identifying a few of the things that uh, caught our eye starting with the Thursday night game. So first of all, Nick, I know you were tailgating in green Bay.
2: Did you actually get yourself into the game? I sure did. I sure did. Thank you for asking. Um, a a friend of mine from high school and college, uh, his his parents had, uh, actually indoor club seats. So I was able to get my hands on one of those kind of last minute. Uh, like I told you, uh, you know, last week I was kind of scanning the market prices were way down. I was probably going to buy a ticket either way, but, uh, my, my, my good buddy, Ben came through and, uh, tailgating outside. Tell you what, I I was a little underdressed, you know, I, I would say I handled the cold pretty well, but, I'm glad I was sitting inside for that game because I don't know if I would have lasted uh, another three or four hours sitting out in the bowl, but man, disappointing game for the green Bay Packers. I I kind of talked myself uh, into green Bay winning this game. I I took Tennessee to cover. They were three point dogs. I thought we'd get a really close game and it, it felt like this game should have been closer. I mean, honestly, I, you know, this was maybe the best game I can remember Ryan Tannehill playing. So you do have to tip your cap there. He was fantastic all night, but yet again, the Packers had opportunity. After opportunity, after opportunity in the second half. And when you have the two-time reigning MVP, when you have the, the four-time overall MVP, Super Bowl winner, Aaron Rodgers, you know, you could say the defense had some letdowns, but you need to be able to outscore the Tennessee Titans at home. Like that, that's part of the deal when you have Aaron Rodgers on your team. And man, it, it felt like Green Bay took a major step back after that win over Dallas. And at this point, you know, the season's over.
1: Yeah, they couldn't run the ball again, no. and I, I really do think that their offensive fortunes rise and fall with their ability to run. Aaron yeah. Jones, twelve for forty. AJ Dillon, six for thirteen. It's more yeah. the same. You know, the two previous weeks, you know, they lost the loss against the Lions and then uh, the win against the Cowboys. They ran well. They ran mm-hmm. very well. Uh, they did not run so well Thursday, and then they started getting into a deficit. They also like they did that thing, like just like they did in the London game, where. Instead of like, they were making all this good incremental progress. And then, mm-hmm. nope, we're going to throw four outs. We're going to go just, you know, we're just going to, I should say four, uh, four verts, excuse me, not outs. Uh, just yeah, let, let, fourth and three. Let's throw a vert to Lazard down the sideline. That's well covered. Yeah. You know, it, and that was like, that was kind of the game right there. It was like, you could have just kept the balls. You had plenty of time. Just get a first down. You didn't have to get the big play, but they kept trying yeah. for that. I don't know I don't know Nick it just you know it, it's the reverse of what I usually think I think sometimes teams are too cautious in their play calling they all you know they're they're mm-hmm. too all too willing to just play for the glorious first down but I think that the Packers or the uh, ran, ran the opposite of that I mean I think they started off the third quarter really well with this one drive where they were just getting little dinks and dunks and moving yep. it down the field and then they like boom, they w- went into that hole like, oh, we got to throw it way downfield now
2: and all that. And
1: it just didn't work. That's just not their game this year.
2: It's been something I, I think that is emblematic of a Aaron Rogers, especially late career is the, you know, the notion of trying to get it all back on one play, you know, yep. games where Green Bay gets punched in the mouth. They very rarely punch back. You know, if you look at a lot of their big wins over the years, whether it's regular season or in the playoffs, like it, it's games that they they get out to a lead and they could build on that lead. They've, they've kind of always been a front running team. And when they fall behind, they just don't know what to do. They, they do not know what to do. They feel like they, if, you know, every drive feels like unless we score here, it's over. And that's kind of the mentality on the field. And, you know, the final four drives of this game for the Green Bay, three and out punt, three and out punt, four and out on downs. And then you go out on downs again uh, late in the fourth quarter. At that point, you know, you're talking about about two minutes left in the game, down two scores. So a little bit of a desperation situation, but the defense Stepped up when it needed to. I mean, forced two punts and an interception late in this game. And And a fourth down stuff
1: of Derrick Henry. Let's not forget that too. Uh, And Derrick Henry, I mean, they committed to stopping him. His longest run was nine yards. He averaged 3.1 yards per carry. I mean, they still ran it 28 times and had an 11 minute drive. Um, They they were able to do their thing, uh, but they, they said, okay, well, we're going to make Ryan Tannehill beat us. Ryan Tannehill played really well, although he did throw a pick. He did have three, uh, three sacks. So, I mean, you could look at it from both, both viewpoints there, but you know, Tannehill had a really solid, efficient game, 22 of 27 for three thirty three. Uh We saw, you know, we finally saw Traylon Burks uh, have a big yeah. game and you know, granted 51 yards at the end, padded the stats of that game. Brilliant play call, by the way, uh, just ended the game. Uh, yeah. But even before that six, it was six for 60. That that's pretty productive. Uh, he was available for free in like the wire State League. I picked him up. Of course, I didn't start him, so I'm gonna probably lose. Yeah. But anyhow, uh, so I, I'm the hero and villain in the same story all of a sudden there. But going forward, I like Traylon Brooks. I think he's a guy, you know, another rookie receiver that's getting getting more share. He probably won't go for a hundred every week or anything like that. But the same because especially that's just not the way Tennessee plays. And I know against Cincinnati, they're gonna want to run the ball a ton uh, this upcoming week. But still. Very uh, promising uh, to see him get involved in the mix. It just changes this offense.
2: Yeah, they desperately need some sort of playmaker, uh, you know, alongside Robert Woods, who even calling him a play- playmaker at this point might be a little generous. But, you know, you talk about Tannehill, like the the accuracy was there downfield, you know, especially in tough conditions in Lambeau, you know, kind of had some light snow, some wind throughout the entire game. Didn't seem to phase him whatsoever. If anything, it was Rogers who was affected by it in that second half, but the big plays for Tennessee through the air, that to me is what stuck out. You know, it's not like Ryan mm-hmm. Tannehill was just completing these four yard outs and doing what he needed to do. I mean, these were high level downfield throws. I mean, they had Tennessee had four different players have a longer reception than anyone on the Packers had all night. I mean, they had four different yeah. players with a 30 plus yard. That's reception. Right. I mean, it was just big play after big play after big play. And it felt like, a lot of those were coming on third downs, you know, it's, it's third and one. And, you know, it's one thing to give up a two yard rush to Derrick Henry. Okay. You reset, but it's like, all right, it's third and one. There's a 42 yarder to Derrick Henry on a screen pass. You know, I mean, it was just the big plays for green Bay's defense. Uh, I thought overall they, they played pretty well, you know, holding Derrick Henry to 87 yards on 28 carries. You'll take that. But uh, obviously, you know, in retrospect, it kind of feels like maybe they sold out too hard to stop Derrick Henry and we're not prepared for this Tennessee pass game.
1: Right. Um, and then no you know, known uh, passing threat, Derek Henry with the touch yeah. pass. That was that was pretty uh funny. That was a and cool he play. threw a good good throw too. Yeah. Had a really good throw on that. Um and then, you know, he had the 40 plus yard reception, you know, he's you know, doing his best Austin Eckler impersonation there. Now, actually he just went straight down the field. It was pretty crazy. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, not a whole lot else to say. Just Mike Vrabel's a really darn good coach. Uh, and you underestimate him at your peril.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think he's at this point, probably a top five coach in the NFL. I, I don't, you know, anybody can debate that. It feels like week to week that changes, but uh, in terms of maximizing the talent on the roster, I don't think anybody's done a better job over the last few years.
1: No, I don't think so either. Uh, so Bengals face the uh, Titans this week. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to that one. I have to cheat and look ahead at the line. Cause I already said it in my own head. It's a pretty wide variance there. So I'm not even going to say what it is right now. I've, there's like a th- a gap of four points between like the most favorable to the Bengals versus the most favorable mm. to the Titans. So, uh, or if I'm reading that right, no, I, I don't think I am actually. I think it's just a one point variance, but regardless um, I'm a, I'm actually a little surprised at that line. I, um, so we'll see. I don't know. Have you seen that line yet?
2: Uh, I, I have, I looked over them this morning. I'm, I'm getting a, an an early start on beating the book. It makes sense week, with Thanksgiving uh, you know, with week the four sure. games on Thanksgiving, so. so I think Tennessee yeah.
1: Tennessee should be favored. Uh, in this one, I think so. And too. They are not, they're at home yeah. and they are a dog. Um, I hate to be a self hating Bengals fan, but I, I think Tennessee deserves to be favored at home here. I mean, I know it's not aesthetically pleasing, but they get the job done.
2: I agree. I mean, I, I, I think you can still say that the Bengals could win this game. Obviously they can. Uh, I just, I don't think they deserve to be favored here. I I don't think, you know, that that's too much to say. It's not disrespecting the Bengals in any way. I mean, the Titans are a very, very good team. They've shown that they can adapt to to play against just about anybody. I mean, the bills maybe are that one exception. If you look back uh, to week two, I, I do wonder, you know, Jamar chase, there's some inklings that maybe he could practice this week. I do wonder if that is baked into this line at all, but even so, I mean, I I think if I was setting this line, I would go Titans minus two, maybe at home. Titans one and a half.
1: I would have given them the standard two and a half, like they're two equal teams. Okay. Yeah, I think that's, that's totally the way fair. I would have treated it. Um, yeah, let's just talk. Let's we'll talk Bengals Steelers next. Get sure. that, you know, get in front of that. There it is, a Bengals win day after all. Um, they Joe Burrow does have more time to throw. He still gets hit uh, rushed at times. Did have two sacks. He's got an issue where he gets the balls tipped at the line of scrimmage. Both interceptions were a result of tips. One, well, one was a smother by T.J. Watt, which was mm-hmm. just an incredible that play. Uh, but that, that is one downside. No Jamar Chase, no problem, though. He averaged 9.1 yards per attempt. That is ridiculously efficient. 355 yards. You know, he hadn't had one of those slate-breaking games without Chase pr- prior to last night. Uh, and Now he has 355 and mm-hmm. four touchdowns. It was the uh, Samaje P. Ryan game. Who knew? The Trenton Irwin game. But T. Higgins went off just in score. Uh, Four different – I think six different receivers had 20-plus receiving yards. I mean, it was just an all-around incredible offensive performance.
2: Yeah, I think for fantasy purposes, obviously, P. Ryan uh, is the story there. Three touchdowns through the air for him. Four total for Burrow, who – by the way, six interceptions against the Steelers in two games, uh, two against everybody else. So just some of that is a little fluky. Like you said, you know, I had – some passes tipped in this game and, and week one. I mean, to me, that was just uh, kind of a, a comedy of errors that I, I don't know if we'll see anything like that from Burrow right. again in his entire career. And they still uh, almost won oh, Exactly, they had multiple thing. chances to win that game. I, I think if McPherson if, yeah. if is on, they, they win that game, probably in regulation. Um, you know, a frustrating day. If you're a Joe Mixon owner, obviously uh, a couple weeks removed from his huge day, uh, Tyler Boyd as well. I, I loved him. I had him in a couple DFS lineups. Turned out it was a T. Higgins day. Uh, you know, Boyd really wasn't involved in this game at all until late. Did have one big catch. Uh, Two you know, big catches quarter, on that but... drive.
1: They, they went a yeah. good long drive, got out of their deep end, and, and Boyd had both of his catches on that drive. Mm-hmm. They had him playing outside a lot more instead of playing yeah. in the slot. And I think that mattered a little bit, especially against the Steelers. Uh, I, I wouldn't read too much into that. He still had seven targets in this game. It's just they could not stop T. Higgins, nor could they stop – Practice squad call up Trent Irwin, which you know obviously is to be expected. Uh, Ir- Irwin though looked really good. He he looked he much better than the, their other options that they were trying to fool around and try to find as a uh, third receiver while uh, Chase is out. He he he'll, he by by rule he has to go back, reverse to the practice squad, but I think he'll get called up full time by the Bengals. He he looked looked the part.
2: Yeah. He, he just has like the classic white receiver look, you know, yeah. with the long hair. You're like, all right, I, I, I trust this guy. He looks like he's going to be tough. It feels like we've seen like, you know, every team has gone through their iteration uh, of Trenton Irwin, but yeah, he, he stepped up in a big way. I mean, like we said, huge day for T Higgins didn't get in the end zone. That was a little frustrating, but it felt like, you know, he was the go-to guy he's crossing routes time after time. He's wide open. He's running in space. Uh, I thought he was extremely dependable a uh, little bit of a an inefficient day for Tyler Boyd did have seven targets. Again, I don't think he had any catches in the first half. Uh, Hayden Hurst had a big catch early on. Didn't really do a whole lot after that. Um, and then Pittsburgh, you know, I, I think the Steelers reaching 30 points in this game. That's what's most surprising. Um, yeah, yeah, I think we, we yeah. thought this would be close. I, I thought if anything, you know, maybe this would be a game that Cincinnati wins or loses like, you know, 24, 21, something like that. I, I didn't really see either team playing into the 30s or the high 30s in Cincy's case, but decent day. For Kenny Pickett, you know, definitely has some sort of connection going with George Pickens. Uh, still you know, a lot of shakiness overall with Kenny Pickett, but mm-hmm. um, got to tip your cap. Didn't turn the ball over in this game. That's not something you could say week to week. And Pittsburgh has finally found a way to get Najee Harris going. And I, I don't know if it's ever going to be to the level that fantasy managers really want, but it looks a lot better now than it did the first four or five weeks of the season.
1: Yeah, and Pickett looked better than I've seen him so far. He also looked worse at times, if that makes yeah. sense. There's a couple of just badly missed throws. Uh, he des- did deserve a second touchdown. Pickens just had an ugly, ugly drop late in the game when they were down two scores. And, and it, Najee Harris ended up getting that touchdown instead. Um, two different ways that Pickett should have gotten credit for that. There was another you – know, on the previous play, Guy com- uh, Gunnar Olszewski comes back, makes this like circus-tipped catch. Gets down like on the inch line. So it's, you know, I shouldn't, it's not like it was wrongly called or anything, but it was just so close to pick it, uh, getting the touchdown there could have been a much better fantasy day for him. Uh, they did these zone reads early on, uh, that were very effective against the Bengals and the Bengals adjusted at halftime as they had, when they're rolling, well, their defense adjusts very well, uh, at halftime. And that's kind of what they did. First, like four drives were barren wastelands for the Steelers. And not until the Bengals got up 37 23 did uh, Pittsburgh really start moving the ball again. Kind of wouldn't say garbage time, but it was really kind of garbage time. Uh, you know, they, they had TJ Watts, great play, and got stymied, got five yards, had to settle for a field goal. Another time, Pickens makes this uh, cir- circus catch. They get their first first down of the half and they go backwards. They had some penalties and the Bengals just stuffed them after that. Um, and that was just kind of the game right there. The, the Bengals were able to come up with these big drives in the second half, the Steelers were not. Um, uh, I mean, the Bengals moved the ball all day 10, 7, 10, 10. That's where the quarter, the scoring distribution between the quarters was. I mean, it was just steady the whole time. The Steelers had a wonderful second quarter after that. It, it, was, it was tough sledding until the very last
2: drive. End of the third quarter is what killed Pittsburgh. Like you said, they, they had the interception, you take over basically at this, I think they're at like the 20 yard line of the yep. Bengals. And you go nowhere, you end up taking the field goal. And at that point, it's like, okay, you know, at least we got points. Obviously, you'd love to capitalize, Mm -hmm. uh, given how this offense has worked all year, getting the ball at that spot on the field. It it really felt like, okay, if we're going to win this game, if we're going to pull this off, we need to score here. And and not only do they settle for the field goal there, but next drive, they get the ball back, you know, after giving up a field goal to Cincinnati and you end up punting. And to me, that's, you know, watching this game live. It's just like, those are the opportunities, man. If you're going to pull off an upset like this, you, you absolutely have to get something in those spots. And, yeah. it, you know, like you said, the, the highs for Kenny Pickett, like th- they're there. You, you can kind of see it. I mean, the escapability, he's willing to throw downfield. He has the connection with Pickens. It always seems to find Friermuth. who had another solid day. Uh, eight for 79. Did not find the end zone, but still. Uh, by, by 2022 tight end standards, that's an explosive performance. Um, yep. I, to me, like Kenny Pickett and Zach Wilson, kind of the same guys. You know, I, I think Pickett is like, maybe it's slightly uh, higher floor. Than Zach wilson but i, I kind of see a lot of similarities between those two right now
1: yep i agree i agree uh pittsburgh goes to indy on monday night so an island game for the steelers uh that you know it, it could have been worse you know this, this they played this game three weeks ago i'd be dreading it now i'm like uh, okay i can watch it i can find something to watch there uh Najee harris looking promising that that was you know nice to see him play well Jalen warren got hurt early in this game too yep. that was unfortunate hurt his hamstring that, that's something I would not expect him. You know, we'll see what happens going forward, but I wouldn't expect him to be able to go this week. Hamstring injuries tend to last. Uh, so we'll we'll watch on that one. Uh, Cincinnati side, Mixon had the concussion. We'll have to watch them uh, watch that status. P. Ryan, we haven't even really talked about so much P. Ryan. Three receiving touchdowns. The second I go to Twitter to complain about uh, using P. Ryan on third down, he gets not one, not two, but three receiving touchdowns. Alan Soslowski touted him in sneaky ads oh, yeah. last week. I kind of... I wouldn't say dismiss that notion, but I uh, I was I was a P Ryan skeptic. Let's just put it that way.
2: Well, obviously the concussion for Mixon uh, is what kind of pushed this one uh, for for P Ryan. I mean, forty six snaps uh, out of a possible sixty six. You know, Mixon going out early, he only played fourteen snaps in this mm-hmm. game. So uh, you know, Allen deserves somewhat of a victory lap, but not too much of a victory lap here, you know, given the injury. Right.
1: Yeah, Travion Williams uh, looks to be the backup. Chris, Chris Evans was actually scratched this, uh, this past week. He was inactive. We'll see if that changes if Mixon estimates the game, but Travion Williams would be next in line. Uh, there it goes. We'll, and we'll obviously see about Chase. Uh, our podcasts are uh, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. Here are a couple of their ads.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all.
1: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price
0: Priceline.
1: Big thanks to the Blue Wire Network for hosting Roto-Wire's podcast. Uh, Let's move on. Let's keep breaking down this slate. Let's go ahead and look at uh, the Chicago Bears and the Atlanta Falcons. And injuries are a big storyline in this game. Both Justin Fields and Kyle Pitts coming away from this game with injuries. We're going to wait to see what their statuses are. Fields hurt his shoulder very end of the game. Kyle Pitts got hit hard, uh, had an MCL sprain. We'll see that one too. Uh let's start on the Chicago
2: side of things. They're not that efficient uh, offensively still. They they just play the same game every week. It feels like, you know, slightly yep. different variances uh here and there depending on the opponent, but uh you know, once 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 Youngway Koo hit that long field goal to go up, you're just thinking, "Well, it's just a countdown until the crushing Justin fields interception. And, and of course right. we got it. And again, you know, it, obviously fields, you know, there's that there's, there's a photo of him kind of, you know, leaving the locker room, riding a cart. That's yeah. never ideal. Uh, he was clearly favoring that shoulder, took a hit running to the sideline late in the game. Um, you know, you hope it's nothing too serious. He, he didn't look like he was in the highest spirits after the game, but you know, he played well once again. I mean, the, the offense, if you watch this game, just completely every single thing runs through, Justin Fields, you know, the, the design runs were there uh, in abundance today. And again, you continue to feel great about the direction that Justin Fields is trending, especially as a runner, you know, like the, again, the, the interception at the end of this game, that was rough. Obviously last week, the pick six to Akuda, yeah. but at the end of the day, the bears have lost seven out of eight games. And, you know, now all of a sudden the, the lions feel like this ascending team that's stolen all the momentum uh, in the NFC North. And man, it, it you know, th- this season feels like it's really getting away from Chicago they got to go to the Jets next week and especially if Justin Fields uh you know is banged up at all with that shoulder um you know I, I think that could that, things could get pretty ugly uh, for this offense but yet but, again they didn't play that well they still got to 24 points I mean that's just kind of who they are now yeah.
1: and I'd argue that this is like other than the injury which is really bad but otherwise this is a kind of an ideal result field fields plays okay they yeah. have no he has no receivers he has one receiver and he has one tight end um we'll see And claypool has not done you know i was wrong about claypool being a good ad he's not done anything completely over uh so losing that second round pick was probably uh you know, that, that's over you know is an overpay all of a sudden you know not all of a sudden a lot of people were first guessing properly i i was a contrarian voice and i was the wrong one here uh but you know them getting a top five pick is is a good result uh you know in a loaded draft Getting Fields some help or getting him, you know, capital to trade. You know, th- there's a lot of different ways they could approach this here. So we'll see. Um, so th- th- you can find good vibes with the Bears, at least there, except if Fields is hurt. And also, this is the type of player that he's got that perfect storm of, you know, great runner, strong, can break tackles, which means he takes more hits, which means he's got a better chance of getting hurt. He doesn't get calls either. That's oh. the thing that kind of is frustrating. I mean, every week, there's at least one late hit, one unnecessary roughness hit that I swear should be called and and it just isn't. And other quarterbacks get that call.
2: A hundred percent. Yeah. yeah I, I think you see it with a lot of running quarterbacks. You see it with Jalen Hurts as well, although it feels like he started to earn a little more respect yeah. this season. But yeah, I mean it's just it's the hits to the head. It's you know, I mean, Fields is He's not a big slider, so oftentimes you know he's diving forward. You don't necessarily get the benefit of the doubt there. But he's taking yeah. a ton of hits to the head. He's always looking. He's adjusting his face mask. Like, did you see that? Did you see that? Um, right. And time and time again, uh, could not get those calls. But uh, you know the biggest play, and you know if you if you've seen the highlights from this game, I'm sure you've seen it. Everything changed with that Cordero Patterson kickoff return. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta goes yep. down two scores. Uh, they were lucky to, to hold Chicago to a field goal on one of their earlier drives. Not like the Bears That's really right. could have taken this game by the horns had they not. Uh, had to settle for a field goal on that drive, but they go up 17-7. They have the fumble, immediately give up a long kickoff return to Cordero Patterson. Of course, Chicago then misses a field goal before the half. Uh, Atlanta able to tie it up, and you kind of felt like everything had swung at that point. Like, major, major missed opportunity for the Bears. If you get a stop, or even if you just hold them to a field goal on that ensuing drive, uh, it feels like maybe this game plays out differently for the Bears.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, So, uh, and that... that that is the thing. David Montgomery did David Montgomery things at three, average 3.9 yards per carry. Uh, didn't have three catches. So that was that for 54 yards. So that helped. Uh, Komet didn't do a whole lot after two, three brilliant weeks. Not totally surprising. And yet I don't regret going aggressively after him in the one league where I saw him available this week. Uh, but just part of just a continuing strain of like Jeff does badly this week. I just I had a really rough, rough fantasy week there. Uh, Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, offensively, if i weren't for that Patterson touchdown, I mean, I don't see how this team even like how they got the
2: 27 is beyond me. I mean, I guess it was turnovers and the kick return. I mean, that's it. It really was. It really was the the kick return jump started everything. I mean, prior to that, uh, you know, the Cordero Patterson had just fumbled, uh, which set up a, a Chicago touchdown a few plays later. Uh, so it was a really rough start to this game for Atlanta, but, but they found it in the second half, um, you know, Marcus Mariota really nice bounce back by him. I mean, he didn't didn't play the game of his life by any means, but he looked awful last time we saw him uh, against Carolina uh, on that Thursday night game. So a nice bounce back, uh, against just a, a bears defense that is just so, so exploitable. I mean, the, the amount yeah. of like Atlanta is just ripping off, you know, 10 to 15 yard rushes with ease against this defense. Like it, it you know, the, the loss of Roquan Smith, especially against a team like Atlanta, yeah, uh, that, that really, really right. showed through. And we should of course talk about Kyle Pitts, who I, I think we probably won't see again this year.
1: Yeah, I, I'm still catching up on how bad the injury is, but yeah, MCL injury there. And uh it looked bad at the time. He tried, you know, he jogged off after getting his attention, yeah. but that was a hard hit.
2: Yeah, I'm seeing torn MCL uh will require surgery. That's the expectation uh. per Ian Rappaport. Uh no timetable yet, so who knows? I mean, it's Kyle Pitts. He's a, he's a complete freak genetically. So maybe he recovers uh, like three X the normal person. But I mean, in terms of fantasy, I I don't, I don't think he's going to be making an impact whatsoever the rest of the way. Yeah.
1: And, and for those people like who see, well, it's just a sprain. No sprain is a tear. That is just a degree. The difference is in degrees. If Jeff Stotts
2: has taught us anything, it's that a sprain is a tear.
1: Yes. Yes. He's yelled and screamed and and pleaded with us to to get that right. (laughs) Uh, so we will endeavor to get it right. All right. Um, Atlanta is uh, every team. By the way, no buys this upcoming week. Every team plays Atlanta at Washington. Bears, as you alluded to, are at the Jets. Let's jump into the Jets. Why not? This. OK, I was on the Jets. I thought they'd cover. I was pretty confident the defense was awesome. I feel kind of jobbed on this one, except they scored three points. They had two yards of offense in the second half. Two. Chris Towers had a funny tweet about like they averaged 2.66 inches per play in the second half, inches, not great, not great at all. I mean, and then Zach Wilson after the game, you know, it emerges like he, he's thinking like he's uh, blameless from this one. There, yeah. at least that was the that was the interpretation. I don't know if he was, you know, I I wasn't there, but it was just there was a lot of pushback against Zach Wilson after his comment about no, he didn't feel like he let the defense down.
2: I mean, well, I mean, how could he, he was nine of 22 for 77 yards. I mean, he, he did his job.
1: Yeah. Justin Herbert had a better fantasy day in three throws uh, yep. in his first three throws. than Wilson had all day, uh, see, 75 yard drive and a touchdown there. Wilson nine for 22, 77 yards. They had 103 yards of total offense. Uh, just, I mean, uh, you know, there, there's, so, there's only so many different ways you can go about just discussing, uh, how bad, how disgusting
2: this jets offense was. Six first downs on the day for the New York Jets. Uh, These teams were a combined seven of 30 on third and fourth down uh, prior to that, that punt return late in the game, which uh, I I read this morning. It was the the latest uh, or or basically the first time in like 40 years that a game has had no offensive touchdowns uh, until a, a special teams touchdown that late in the game. Like this is a, like, you know, once in a generation type of event that we witnessed here, uh, the way that this game ended 15 consecutive scoreless drives prior to that punt return touchdown. And, you know, 13 of those, I think were punts. There was a missed field goal. uh, And, and the Patriots also went out on downs in there. I mean, this was as ugly as advertised. Uh, I mean, the the score reflects it. Um, You know, New England to me, you're kind of flashing in and out of this game throughout the day. It felt like, the Patriots were consistently threatening. You know, they were they were the team that, you know, Damian Harris, especially had ripped off a couple of long runs. They Mac Jones actually played okay. Uh took some bad sacks, was sacked six times
0: yeah, in this that's, game. He has that's huge.
2: He, he might be dead last in the league in terms of like quarterback elusiveness. Like if, if there's a defender near him, he just turtles up and goes down. Like no hope of yeah. getting out of it. Uh so that killed a couple drives for New England. But the Patriots were at least threatening. They were getting over midfield. You know, they missed two field goals in this game. Um, ended up, you know, doing a lot of punts from around midfield as they're want to do, but the jets just could not get anything going. And, and, you know, the, the defense keeping them in this was a minor miracle. Whereas, you know, New England, I, I thought maybe played a better game on defense. The jets were just in bend but don't break mode for a full four quarters. And then of course it's the special teams that lets them down.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, and yeah. You look at Mac Jones's line until you get to the sacks, you're like, Okay. 23 for 27, two forty six, 9.1 yards attempt. That's what Joe Burrow did yesterday. Yeah. Okay. This is good. Okay. Six sacks, ugh, no touchdowns. Okay. I mean, they're, they're, it was, I, you know, they're just, just some, it was weird. They didn't turn the ball over at all. It's just, it was just ugly. And the win, you know, Nick Folk missing two field goals in that, it lessens the confidence of taking other field yep. goal attempts later. Uh, it's just, It was ugly. Ramondre Stevenson couldn't get on track. 15 for 26. Damian Harris was actually the better back yesterday. Not great. At least, again, like a couple weeks ago, Stevenson salvaged his day with six catches for 56 yards. So he didn't utterly totally kill you fantasy-wise. But, man, just could not get on track.
2: Yeah, again, I I remain just really impressed with this Jets defense. Um, You know, you kind of – it really feels like losing Brees Hall. Like, that was – they needed him, I think, to kind of offset Zach Wilson and and just give them – more of a weapon out of the backfield uh you know my guy james robinson has made like no impact since coming over from jacksonville they didn't even use him all that much in this game Um, uh you know michael Michael carter eight carries robinson seven uh ty johnson was also in the mix i think ty johnson Uh,
1: had more snaps than robinson even I think
2: he did yeah i'm trying to look up the snap count right now i saw some tweets about that uh some people kind of kind of lamenting uh the lack of usage for james robinson but yeah I, i think he was third uh, among Jets running backs, just in snaps uh, in this game, and you know they they didn't give up huge draft capital to get him, but uh, at the time of the trade, I I thought he would make a bigger impact. Only played 11 snaps in this game. Did did carry the ball, you know, almost every time he was in the game. But yeah, 11 snaps for Robinson, 16 for Johnson, 23 for Michael Carter.
1: Yep, when you have three running backs, you have none apparently in this case. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Wilson was—he uh, went off in the locker room uh, after the game, and it's his turn to be the diva receiver that's upset. Only three targets, so I don't blame him. Two for twelve for, on three. You know, Belichick's known as taking away your most important player. It looks like he did that.
2: Yeah, I, I think Garrett Wilson—you know—stopped just short of basically saying our quarterback is terrible. Uh, you know, I think he—he he, he was just uh, kind of general enough about his comments that you could. You could talk yourself into him, you know, talking about the coaching staff and the quarterback or the offense in general, but uh, I would imagine that he's not the only guy in that Jets locker room right. uh, who feels like the defense played maybe its best game of the year and, and gave the Jets so many opportunities—literally, you know, ten plus opportunities—to just put up one touchdown throughout this game, uh, and and really at no point did the Jets even threaten to do that. You know, I mean, they nope. they got the field goal early on, but there was no. You know, it's, it's not like they, they they got down to the ten yard line and Wilson threw a pick. Like they were just not even close to scoring this entire second half.
1: Yep, that's right. Both teams are six and four. The Jets have a a, a get well game against the Bears. We'll see if they can take take yeah. advantage of that. Uh, New England faces goes on the road to face the Vikings, and I have no idea what to expect in that game.
2: No, that that's a. I mean, we we could talk about Vikings Cowboys, but I think that was such a stunning result that it, it almost does force kind of an on the fly re-evaluation of the Vikings. So I will tell you are three and a half point favorites at home uh, against the New England Patriots after being home dogs to the Cowboys.
1: Yeah. I was so aggressively wrong on that. I made yeah. the Vikings my best bet. I was like, they should be favored by two and a half, even three, maybe, you know, and that <laughs> uh, was not even close. All right. Before we start talking about that, let's uh, share a quick note from our friends at no house advantage. Uh, no house advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick contests versus other people for the shot at winning big cash prizes. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every week. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all of your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code Wire. that's N-H-A-W-I-R-E at knowhouseadvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined. Because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. All right, I did want to miss out, just much like most of the CBS audience, Wanted to miss out on the uh, second half of that Vikings Cowboys game because it was just so uncompetitive.
2: It really was, uh, and you know the, the Cowboys kind of kept their ones in this game longer than I expected. You know we saw yep. Michael Parsons exit with an injury late. Uh, that was not ideal for that Dallas defense by any means. But yeah, man, th- this game was over, over. Uh, it felt like by halftime, you know uh, Maher tacking on the the sixty yard field goal on his second try. Uh, before yep. the half that that to me kind of felt like an emphatic uh, all right you're gonna make me do it twice then so be it I'll just do it again uh, 23 to 3 at the half I mean the Vikings Kirk Cousins get strip sacked on the fir- or third play of the game uh, just felt like from there uh, that the route was on and you know Minnesota was able to hold Dallas to a field goal on that on that next drive after the fumble they match with a field goal of their own um, but you know just the Minnesota offense to me that was the bigger issue obviously the defense yeah. you know you let up 40 points but what a no-show by Kirk Cousins! Uh, a no-show by Justin Jefferson. Uh, they they did get Dalvin Cook going a little bit early on. Obviously, he had to get away from the running game as the as, as the game um, you know played out. But man, this was this was one of those those lines like you said that you know we're going in, we're thinking, what of the oddsmakers know that we don't? And uh, it's pretty clear that they knew something here.
1: They knew plenty. Uh, I think I think Kevin Payne actually didn't, did the opposite of me, and he made the Cowboys his best bet. So victory pain uh there um so uh you know one of the big things is they did lose christian derisaw early uh they're starting left tackle and they you know it's his second concussion in as many weeks there's no way he plays on thursday just uh, if there well there is a way but i mean my goodness the odds are staggeringly against uh, and would be crazy to do so uh but that means they're kind of in trouble against matthew judon and the uh and the pats coming this up week here i mean uh, and you know Every time I start having good feelings about the Vikings, they do this. I mean, it's just, it's so crazy. Okay. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. Okay. They beat the Bills. Okay. I know that they were lucky in that game, but still, I thought that they proved that at least they were a pretty good team. Now the doubts are all back again.
2: They have a worse point differential than the Jaguars right yes. now, uh, which is, yeah, you know, that that's all you need to hear. Three and seven Jags, eight and two Vikings. And the Jags are, I think, plus 11. Minnesota is now negative on the year, uh, and on dare saw, by the way, I mean, they already ruled him out for Thursday yesterday. Yep. So they're being, okay. You know, they did rule they out. super cautious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you said, never really felt like there was much of a chance that he would play, but yeah, you know, I, I think if you're a Vikings fan in the back of your mind, you are always wondering like, is this team actually this good? And then you go and you beat the bills. You know, I think that was kind of the, all right, maybe we are this good. Like we found a way to win a game that we always seem to be on the other end of, you know, for the last, 20, 30 years. It's like the Vikings are the team that is finding ways to lose those close games. That to me felt like, okay, we've turned a corner. We've beat maybe the best team in the NFL. Let's keep this rolling. This is our opportunity to prove it. They're coming into our home. We're underdogs against this team that just lost to the Packers. And I mean, to just not even make it competitive, that's such a letdown. I think if you're, if you're a Vikings fan, like I I don't, now you got to regroup and play a, a really good Patriots team. Like you said, and you know, this is not a a team that you want to be facing on a short week by any means you you do get another home game. That's big. Uh, but at the same time, man, missing Derrissaw, you know, licking your wounds from a 37 point loss at home. Um, uh, no matter what happens the rest of the year for the Vikings, like they're, they're probably still going to cruise to the NFC North title. Right. Um, you know, they'll be in a good spot in the playoffs, but I, I just think this is the game that's going to stick in the mind, not only of Vikings fans, but of everybody, you know, who, who evaluates the NFL, like this is, this is one of those games where I think the Vikings kind of showed their true colors.
1: Yeah. And no, one's going to go into the playoffs, like going on a road game in Minnesota and think, Oh, this is a no. fortress. We have no chance here. <laughs> now, oh, exactly. I, know the, exactly. That, that, I, I think that,
2: sure. and that was a big part of the reason that you know, people were on the Vikings. I, I picked them in my pick'em league. I, I, I went mm-hmm. low, but I thought the Vikings would win. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is, this is a real home field advantage. You know, this is, this is not Los Angeles. This is not Arizona. This is a tough place to play. Cowboys right. were completely unfazed.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Um, Yeah. Again, you know, Tony Pollard went off, you know, go figure. The better running back actually does some good stuff. Uh, Zeke got the two goal line carries. So I mean, he did goal line touchdowns, but Pollard still scored twice Went six for one Oh nine in the receiving game, including that beautiful wheel route on third and 14. I, how, how you, you know, get finding, finding a way to isolate against the linebacker on that and giving him enough time to throw. Those were two big things. I mean, Dak had to hang in there a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, but they, they didn't quite get to him. In fact, he didn't get sacked once uh, during the course of the day. But him hanging in there long enough to get that throw and dropped a perfect dime, caught Pollard in stride. After that, it was just there was zero chance of the linebacker catching. It was just it was it was a beautifully designed and executed play.
2: That was one of the 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 starkest differences in this game. Watching the Dallas offense, Dak under no pressure the entire day. Yeah, all the time in the world, super efficient. I mean, he was dialed in. This was his best game. Yeah. of the season, I think by a pretty wide margin, Uh really best game in a while for Dak Prescott, even counting a lot of last year and Kirk Cousins was sacked seven times in this game and it could have been more. I mean, he was completely under siege. Um, yeah. you know, obviously you got to protect the ball on that, that initial strip sack. Part of that is on Kirk Cousins. He had no awareness that Mike Micah Parsons was coming around the corner uh, behind him, but yeah, this was a, you know, a pretty shameful performance. I thought by the Minnesota offensive line, especially after we saw that the Packers of all teams, do a really good job, I thought, neutralizing that Dallas defensive front. Um, you know, right. I thought we'd maybe see the Vikings take more of a page out of what Green Bay did. And, you know, as we talked about on the XM show, the key for Minnesota was the one place you could exploit Dallas is on the ground. And it felt like they did that earlier. And I don't know if the game just got away from them and they felt like they couldn't go back to it, but Dalvin Cook ran well. And they yeah, you know, they, did. they tried it early. He only had eleven carries. Again, I know you're down big, you're down twenty-three to three at the half. It's tough to remain dedicated to it. But much like the Jets, Minnesota did not really threaten to score after that field goal drive. Like, it, you know, Dallas controlled the right. clock. Um, and it's not like, you know, Minnesota, you think back to that Eagles game where they're, they're repeatedly getting down, you know, deep into opponent territory and you're turning it over, you know, you maybe you're missing field goals. Like, I mean, these were just straight up like three, four, five play drives that ended in a punt.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, Minnesota also had seven penalties for 59 yards. So they kind of shot themselves in the foot a few times there too. If I'm going to pick a knit with the Cowboys, it's that they left their starters in too long. Micah Parsons yeah. got shaken up during this game. Okay. Like, okay. You shouldn't have even been in there for that. And then he came back after that. Like, what are you thinking?
2: Just, yeah, that was strange. It, that was very strange. Um, you know, we, we saw both Cooper rush and Nick Mullins in this game. Uh, we did but not eventually, until yes. way later. I mean, this game was well decided. And I mean, Dak probably played two more series than he needed to.
1: He played longer than uh, cousins did.
2: Yeah. I unknown reasons. I, I have no idea what was up there. Like the spread was well in hand. I, I don't, I don't yes. know what, uh, what angles you want to take with that one? But, um, you know, somebody like Dak, I, I don't think he really needs any more reps. And yeah, of course it felt like they almost paid for it, uh, with the Parsons injury, which hopefully is not going to be anything overly serious. When this, when CBS pulls away from your game, before you pull
1: your uh, starters, then, you know, you've kind of missed your cue. Uh, yeah. And they missed. it wasn't like by a, like a, a tiny little, okay, we'll, we'll switch it. No, they went like two series after that, and then they finally yeah. switched out. So so it goes. All right, uh, we'll move on to the next game. But before we do that, uh, we've got our good friends at StatHead to talk about. It's easy to find Derrick Henry's statistics from this year. With a quick Google search and a visit to Pro Football Reference, you can see that he rushed for over 900 yards and nine TDs going into this past week. But that raises many more questions. How many other players have hit those marks through nine games? How many did it at, at Henry's age? To answer those questions, there's StatHead. StatHead is your all-access pass to Pro Football Reference database. In StatHead, you can compare up to six players' stats side-by-side to determine who to start and who to sit, or you can dig through advanced stats to find the perfect player to add off waivers. There is an array of simple tools that unlock an endless number of search options, all using the same easy-to-use interface that you already know from Pro Football Reference. Plus, StatHead lets you browse Pro Football Reference ad-free. Sign up with the promo code RotoWire for twenty dollars twenty off an annual subscription to Stathead. All right, we talked about uh, the Vikings and Cowboys. Let's move on. Uh, let's discuss the Giants. The Cowboys' next opponent, losing at home to Detroit. Ugh, ugly Ugh. game. I mean, and this this is one one of the, my my takes here is this is what happens when Danny and when Dimes has to play, try to play catch up. You're sunk. I mean, it's it just. This is not a, this is not a good catch up team. They are a front running team. Um, yep. If you look, okay, he threw for three hundred forty one yards. Okay, it has two interceptions, two sacks. Just the interceptions were both huge in this one here. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was not a good game. They couldn't stop the Lions' running game, and they couldn't run the ball themselves, other than Dimes.
2: I thought this was going to be a huge, huge spot for Saquon Barkley. Uh, you know, he was way up there in terms of price and DFS contests. Mm-hmm. I, I, I fell for the bait there. Did carry 15 times, but 22 yards for Saquon Barkley against this horrific Detroit Lions defense. And, you know, Daniel Jones, like you said, had the two picks. Other than that, I, I thought he played okay. Uh, we saw Wandale Robinson have a big day. Unfortunately, it looks like he tore his ACL. He's going to be done for the year. Yes. Um, you know, Darius Slayton, another decent day. Uh, obviously, the Giants were throwing the ball a ton in the second half. This to me is one of the, the most surprising results really of the entire season. I mean, Detroit doing this on the road at the New York giants, Jared, Jared Goff outside cold weather, bad conditions didn't seem to matter. Uh, I, I really thought Detroit was, I was going to say a paper tiger. I don't think, I don't even know if they ever reached that status, but you know, back-to-back wins over green Bay and Chicago. I think they were really lucky to win both of those games, but this is a statement win for Detroit and you know, they're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, Ultimately it probably doesn't mean all that much, but this is a quality quality win for Dan Campbell uh, who felt like was maybe close to getting fired three weeks ago. And and now has ripped off wins over green Bay, Chicago and the Giants. Jamal Williams for fantasy. Obviously that's the biggest storyline continues to be very frustrating. You know, if you're a Deandre Swift owner, he practiced in full last week. We're thinking, okay, maybe the workload tilts back his way. He carries just five times for, for 20 yards in this game. Although, did he get scored. in the end zone? He, he scored. scored.
1: He had three catches. So, eh, I, you know, Williams has done his job. You know, it, it's hard to get mad when Jamal Williams. I mean, he's not absolutely five yards. Yes, he is. He's he is, and he's he's done his job. He's done what he's expected to do. I mean, yes, two years ago there was a lot of hype about okay, Jamal Williams is going to really crater DeAndre Swift's value. And we're like, yeah, see, it didn't really happen. Okay, this year it happened. Um, this, everybody was right. Uh, it just took him a year. Justin Jackson nine for sixty six in this game. He was running yeah. the ball well too. Like you said, the Giants just couldn't get off the field. This game was—I mean—the Giants scored twelve points in the uh, in the fourth quarter. Really, I mean, it was it was garbage time scoring for them. Wasn't even yeah. as close as the 31-18 score indicates there.
2: And that wasn't Not at even all that close. Yeah. Not at all. If, if you look at some of the numbers, like the Giants had more yards by by a pretty significant margin. They had more plays, more first downs, more time of possession but you know, a lot of that came late in this game. I mean, it was, it, it felt like it was decided, you know, at one point it was 24 to six at the end of the third quarter. And this giants team, like you said, I, you know, I don't know if they're front runners in the same way that the Packers are, but this team is not built to come from behind by any means. And no. yeah, they, you know, they tacked on a couple of scores in that fourth quarter, you know, Detroit kind of let its guard down, but it, it never, never really felt like the giants uh, were, were truly threatening. And again, I've, I've been pretty skeptical. Of this Giants team, I, I still think talent-wise, you know, they don't necessarily measure up to their record. But if anything, they had kind of proven that they they're able to, to to beat the bad teams, you know, and yeah. avoid, you know, thwart these kind of upsets uh, again, especially at home. Like it's one thing if you have to go to Detroit and uh, you, know, you you get caught looking ahead, whatever. Some of those 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 games happen, but it felt like this Giants team, if they were good at anything, you know, it was very Titan-like. It's like you know we're not. We're not going to beat ourselves. You know, if a bad team comes in, we're going to take advantage of what we could do against them. And we're going to grind out a win. This, this was just the, the total opposite of almost every other game this season. I mean, the, the the only other time this defense has been exploited like this was a few weeks ago against Seattle.
1: Yep. That's right. That's right. Um, Jamison Williams got designated to return from IR today. Uh, do you put in a bid on him this week? knowing you probably won't get anything this week.
2: Uh, I, I actually, I grabbed him probably Three, four weeks ago in one league, so okay. that, that was kind so, of yes. my big. That was kind of my big Jamison Williams stab. It was right around the time we had some optimism, and then you know that that kind of went back down for a little bit. But you know he's somebody that will be a luxury on that team. I mean, I, I don't necessarily know right now that I have a single league where he would be like I'd be slotting him in as a starter whenever he's off IR. I, I think I want to wait and see. Maybe you need another injury somewhere, but I'm absolutely if i have a spot on my roster or you could still keep him in an ir slot for now 100%. i, I want to see what he can do.
1: Yeah, uh 100% i agree. Um especially considering DJ Chark had one target. Uh yeah. they, they they're they they have got other guys hurt uh too, but Amon amon Ross St. Brown got his eight targets. He didn't they didn't ask him to do much though because they were winning the whole time. Game flow worked against him in this case. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on from this game to another instant classic. uh Carolina and Baltimore. Ugh. Let's just get okay. it out. Let's rip off the band aid. Get it done and over with. I can't. I. Ha, I'm. I haven't done the rewatch on this one here. I mean, there were precious few live look ins on yeah, Red Zone because it. it was bad. It was really. It's it, it right up there with, or right down there, I guess you could say, with uh, New England and the Jets.
2: Yeah, we game started off hot. Six straight punts. Uh, then a, a turnover by Baltimore to to end the punting. Uh, this was just a, a classic letdown game by the Ravens and you know credit to them for, for finding a way to win. We've seen teams have these letdowns against Carolina and not be able to crawl off the mat late in this game, like Baltimore did, but yet another double digit favorite that did not cover. I, I think it's now right. what, like four and 10 on the season or something like that. Uh, ATS for, for double digit favorites. It has not been pretty, uh, this Carolina team has been on the, the winning end of a couple of those, uh, ATS and I mean, Carolina oh did not play well. <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to say, my God, they well. did their
1: best to try to make Baltimore Take cover and at least offensively. And Baltimore said, Nope, don't want it. We're good with 10.
2: To me, it was a letdown by the Baltimore offense more than anything. It's not like Carolina yeah. was all that frisky. I mean, Baker Mayfield, just he looked like Baker Mayfield, believe it or not. I uh, had two picks in this game. You know, the second of which was, was extra crushing uh, did have one long play to Terrace Marshall. Other than that, this was a very, very limited Carolina attack i think it was like a in ppr leagues even it was like a 1.2 fantasy point day for deontay foreman who i started yes. in, in multiple leagues love that uh did not I, I didn't feel great about this matchup but i mean it went about as badly as it could have
1: yeah completely terrible 11 for 24 just one target no catches uh just there there was not much to recommend dj Moore is now dj less again yeah i mean you know i it, it's funny like i think Baker just isn't good I just, I I think we got to walk away from this. I mean, he had the one half against the Bengals, but he's just not that good. I I need to get PJ Walker back, and I never thought I'd be saying that this season, but here we are. Um, I was disappointed. You know, Jeff Johnson asked thoughts on Lamar. Lamar didn't play well. Didn't didn't throw all that well. Had the one interception, two hundred nine passing yards. Did have the rushing touchdown, which. Uh, Drake gets down to the one and then gets one more running attempt gets to the half line. I'm on Drake. I don't have Lamar really, except for a best ball league. I'm like, uh, just get like, let Drake get it again. Let's let's reprise the Monday night game against the saints. Let's do this. No. And of course, Drake only had two catches. So it it was just bad scores all around. And this game was just ugly the whole time through.
2: Yeah. Lamar was sacked three times as well. Yeah. Obviously a very difficult player to sack. So that, that, that means a lot for this Carolina defense and, yeah, I mean, if you're Baltimore, you're just happy to escape with a win, that's for sure. But uh, an ugly, ugly, ugly performance by the Ravens. I, I thought this was going to be a smash spot for Baltimore. You know, I, I thought we, I thought we'd see a-, a letdown for Carolina with Baker Mayfield coming off that win over Atlanta. I mean, I was, I was thinking this could be like thirty to ten, Baltimore, and it was anything but. Yeah, I think we
1: can dismiss any thought of Devin Duvernay being the number one receiver. No, it's Demarcus Robinson. Robinson actually smashed. He did. nine for nine, one twenty eight. Just didn't get in the end zone. Mark Andrews, six for 63 in his first game back on eight targets. So, you know, those guys did their job. Just nothing else. There's just nothing else. I thought Isaiah likely could still contribute with Andrews back. I was wrong about that.
2: He it's very unlikely, nearly had a touchdown. Can. Yeah. There was a, he was running wide open in the back of the end zone. Lamar threw high. Uh, so, you know, that could have changed the narrative in a minor way. But like you said, I mean, Robinson yeah. and Andrews accounted for like 95% of Lamar Jackson's yards.
1: Yeah. All right. I think we can move on from this one. Less please, said the better. Please. All right. Buffalo, Cleveland in Detroit. Uh started off really poorly for the Bills. They they didn't wake up in this game. Yeah. Uh they were down 10 3 and Cleveland was driving. They had a drop in the end zone. Uh could you know, I had to set for a field goal. They could have been up like 14 3 really quick. Uh instead, Buffalo kind of just clawed its way in and they became a running team. My James Cook shares. Which we're no longer, which I've since divested of, now have value again.
2: Yeah. The uh, I, I still remain like I, I'm still a little skeptical of the bills. Like this was not quite as convincing as you would have liked. Like you said, it was a pretty ugly first half. You know, Stefan Diggs, I wouldn't say he was getting into it with Sean McDermott, but Sean McDermott had to come over and give him a, a nice talking to uh, on the sidelines. I think at that point, Diggs had not even been targeted. Uh, he of course did get a touchdown in the second half when the bills started to look like the bills, but it was, it was not a great Josh Allen game. Again, you know, he was really shaky early on. uh, And I I think that's part of the reason that they felt like they had to go to Devin Singletary and James cook. Those guys combined uh, for almost 30 carries in this game. Uh, Once again, saw very limited work for Naheem Hines. Uh, He was, he was involved on special teams a little bit, but uh, you know, to, to to me, he kind of looks like, as we called him a luxury piece, for this team. And they just haven't really gotten him all that involved. Only played 10 snaps uh, out of the backfield for Buffalo. Uh, That's out of a possible 65.
1: So, you know, it's, it kind of feels like the Colts, you know, we always thought that, you know, okay, he got, he's getting unlocked. He's going to Buffalo. Colts didn't find a way to unlock. Maybe he's not unlockable. He's the new Duke Johnson, who happens to be (laughs) be on the same team as the original Duke Johnson, but I don't know. Yeah, um, it's,
2: it's it's really hard to say. I mean, on the Brown side of this, I thought Jacoby Brissett played pretty well. Did lose a big fumble. Uh, that was a, little me- a momentum changer it was. in the second quarter. But early on was, was dropping dimes to Amari Cooper. Um, and even late, you know, had a nice throw to, to Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, who salvaged a decent fantasy day. He goes five for 61 with a touchdown. Uh, pretty disappointing from Nick Chubb. I mean, you're almost never going to see him be this inefficient. 14 for 19. 14 yep. carries, 19 yards for Nick Chubb. Uh, Did have three catches for 48, so salvaged a little bit out of the backfield, but still pretty disappointing day from him. Overall, though, I I know we kind of disagreed on this when we discussed last week. We were robbed. I wanted this game played in Buffalo, and I I understand there's a million reasons why it didn't happen, but we went from potentially like this crazy wild environment to a completely neutral environment inside in the dome. So I want to put that out there. This game, I I wanted to see a snow game.
1: Yeah. I think there was still like 50,000 fans there, which is pretty impressive right. for, on such short notice. I get it. I mean, I who doesn't want to see a snow game. I, I want to see a snow game too. I just thought this was, you know, 77 inches of snow in certain places. I mean, you saw like all the videos, all the the pieces about how hard it was for the bills to get to the game. Right. It just, you're putting a lot of people in danger by trying to get them to go to right. the game in Buffalo. I, I, I totally understand why. Um, yeah, I have a lot of Nick Chubb. I have a lot of Justin Jefferson. I have a lot of Tyreek Hill. I have those three specifically as my top three picks in in the uh, NFFC primetime where I was uh, nine and one going into this week. I'm going to be nine and two now. Uh, absent like just a miracle tonight, but I, Kittle's just got to go crazy and it's just not going to happen. But um, you can see why it was a bad week for me here. Uh, there, there was a lot of that. I also have a lot of Christian Kirk. Yeah. I you know a lot of got a lot. You know there was seven to eight startable receivers on by this week if you, depending on what you think about julio jones uh but other you know seven clear starting fantasy receivers and a lot of people are hurting scores are down everywhere
2: yeah that's not that's not even counting zay jones either so yeah i'm, I'm with you i mean i thought you missed two from the bucks two from the seahawks two big ones from miami uh maybe we we should have foresaw uh this lower scoring week but i, I think a lot of it too is guys like Mm-hmm. Samaj P. Ryan, you know, racking up three touchdowns, like, you know, not a lot of people, uh, starting Samaj P. Ryan, uh, around fantasy leagues. So really, well, really weird. Week. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, we still had high scoring games. You know I mean? It, there, there's been some weeks where it feels like every game is like, you know, 20 to 19, like, you know, the bills are in the thirties, uh, bears Falcons, you know, that, that combined to go over 50 points. Uh, a lot of the late games we had high scoring. It was just, you know, the, the, uh, the, the fantasy production didn't necessarily match up, uh, with the point totals, if that makes yeah. sense.
1: Cleveland got there late. Otherwise, that was going to hit the under, too. But yeah. then Cleveland got yep. the backdoor cover and the backdoor over. Oh, yeah. uh, but, you know, we saw Jets and uh, the Jets and Pats and Ravens and Carolina. Houston got the late touchdown, but still 33 total points in that game. 33 total points in Indy. It's a lot of ugly early games action there. It was kind of yeah. frustrating for me. Uh, let's talk about that Washington and Houston game real quick. Uh, Washington defense was the pickup of the week. And they got the pick six. Uh, they got uh, five sacks. They two interceptions on Davis Mills. I mean, they just squashed uh, Houston. Houston had, I think, what five yards of offense in the first half. Uh, just yeah. ended all hope. A lot of Damian Pierce managers uh, very unhappy. Uh, just there's no recovering from this sort of game.
2: Oh, and yeah, you know, I, I I was a little nervous about this one. I was on an island. I took the Commanders minus three on the road in staff picks, everybody else was on Houston and I I get it, you know, value wise, maybe the commander shouldn't have been three point favorites, but I I was shocked at how easy this was. Yeah. Yeah. They should have been 13 point favorites apparently, but yeah, yeah, I mean the pick six right away. I mean, that just set the tone from there. You know, Washington, I I think could kind of relax and and play its game plan, not feel like it needed to push too much. And you know, we saw them run the ball 40 times in this game. For 153 right. yards, not super efficient. Not all again. that well. Yeah. Well, but it was also a game they led 20 to nothing at the half and just tried to bleed out for the most part in the second half. Yeah. I mean, Heineke, okay, you know, 15 to 27, 191, no scores, about what you'd expect from him. Uh, not really a huge day for anybody uh in this game, fantasy wise. Uh, you know, Brandon Cooks had a long reception to, to salvage a, a reasonably okay game. Uh, but Damian Pierce, I mean, that's the the big disappointment. Not that this was an advantageous yeah. matchup by any means against the Washington defensive line that, wow, man, like it, I follow a lot of football people on Twitter and I I feel like it's not often that you see defensive lineman highlights pop up throughout the day. And more often than not, it's like, wow, look at what Jonathan Allen is doing to this Texans offensive line. I saw a lot of that yesterday and they didn't even get chase young back. You know, we thought midweek that he might rejoin this team. Sounds like that could probably happen now in week 12.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, it, it, just looking like Washington, the defensive touchdown, they had Curtis Samuel with a rushing touchdown. So they ran up 40 times and neither Gibson or Robinson had a good fantasy day. I mean, no. think about that for a second. That's just, that, it's just mind boggling. Nobody, no receiving touchdowns. It was just, there, there, there was, it was almost a fantasy zero game. It just, it's it really hard was. To do. Joey Sly was your fantasy hero as well, along with the defense there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's sly in the defense, you know, getting that pick six. That was, that was big. I mean, it was, that is a defense that a lot of people were streaming this week. So, you you know, you gotta, gotta give credit there. Obviously you're reading into the matchup, Uh, but yeah, even McLaurin, you know, I I thought this would be a great spot for him. I I had him in in two DFS lineups thought that he could go crazy against this Houston defense, but they just didn't really need him. That was the biggest thing, you know, in the second half, they just, Washington completely slowed it down. They did exactly what they should do because they knew the Texans were not going to put up three scores on that defense.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Let's move on from that game. Uh, just a whole lot of blah.
2: Speaking of a whole lot of blah, Philly and Indy. Oh, my. Oh very,
1: my. you know, very frustrating game to watch. Ooh. I mean, Philly, like, their receivers, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown were winning battles all day, and then they just forget they existed and yeah. they'd run it into the pile in third and four every time. I'm just like, stop this already. Jalen Hurts got his rushing yards, got the late QB. Uh, quarterback draw touchdown, which was parting of the red sea, uh, parting of the blue sea, I guess. Uh, but you know, it's, he he's going to end up with a decent enough fancy day because of his 86 rushing yards and the touchdown, but this was not a good offensive performance by the Eagles defense really stepped up.
2: Defense had some huge, huge stops in the second half. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought, I thought Philly was pressing a little bit. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. I think it was still pretty early in the third quarter. They went for it on a fourth and 10, Around midfield, fourth and ten. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in, in terms of field position, I'm okay with you going forward on fourth. But uh, you know that play just ended up being completely blown up. I, I I think Jalen Hurts like ran out of bounds or something. Like it was just it was a rough call, and you could see Sirianni like it was it was kind of a like we talked about with the Packers. It's like you're down thirteen to three, and they just they felt like they wanted to score a touchdown so badly that they're willing to do whatever, just throw caution to the wind. And I, I thought at that point, I'm like, if if Indy takes over here and scores they're going to be in real trouble. You know, if it's, if it's yeah. 16 to three or it's 20 to three, I don't know if the Eagles are coming back and the defense stepped up, forced a punch, forced a three and out. Uh, that was huge. They forced a missed field goal on the next possession. So uh, obviously, you know, Philly got it together just in time to tack on that last touchdown, but this was a game that, that the defense really did win for them after giving up a touchdown on the first drive of the game. I mean, it, it, it was right away. You kind of knew like, all right, the Eagles are going to be in trouble here. Like the the, the Colts are not going to be rolling over.
1: Yeah, on I have the sleep, you know, with on the sleeper app, I get the player X made a big play notifications. Yep. I got four leagues on sleeper, right? so I got the, you know, Michael Pittman just made a big play, Jonathan Taylor just made a big play, and you know, all of a sudden it was seven mm-hmm. nothing halftime. Taylor's at eleven for sixty four. He ended up twenty two for eighty four. They just yep. could not get on track in the second half. Uh, pair, you know, big job by the Philly defense. They got four sacks, and then of course the way the game ended. So they, 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 the Colts had a penalty or two. I think they had, got sacked once and then had another penalty. Yeah. It's fourth and 21. They got a little bit of a rush on Ryan, but still they throw a check down to Dion Jackson on fourth and 21.
2: Yeah, he Not only the,
1: that, then Jackson goes out of bounds. I mean, no laterals, <laughs> nothing, just
2: he was, it it felt like he wasn't even looking to lateral it. Like, you know, sometimes you'll see that and guys will just realize like, ah, there's nobody there. I'll just, I'll just like, he just caught it like it was second and four, you know, in the middle of the second quarter, like no reaction at all. It was, yeah, that was, I'm glad you mentioned that. I thought that was funny uh, watching the end of that game. I I think the Colts, you know, they knew their, their, their uh, fate was sealed at that point, you know, fourth and 21 with Matt Ryan, uh, not exactly Mr. Elusive, creating time back there. Uh, AJ Brown, by the way, another huge fumble. In this game, yeah. uh, you know, th- th- it felt like for a little bit a, a redux of last week against Washington. Uh, Philly's driving, you know, for what felt like might be the go-ahead score midway through the fourth quarter. AJ Brown just gets straight up stripped. That right that, after that was a Taylor had fumbled too. Point. They had gotten their yes. big turnover
1: exactly, um, and then nope, they said do not want. Um, yeah, it, it, it was yeah. Philly's kind of missing their a little bit of their mojo right now. Uh, obviously, losing Goddard hurts. Um, yes. You know that that's a big part of it there. Uh, they didn't really go to the, uh, the backup tight ends. Jack stole had one catch and the, on his only target and they, no other tight end got even targeted there. So yeah, they, they have to figure out how to replace that. Still, uh, Miles Sanders didn't get on track 13 for 47. He did get a catch. Miles Sanders got a catch stop the, stop the presses. He, he's he been, he was a pass catching back at one point in time. He and sure in his was. second year he had nine drops and the targets have just evaporated since then. Yep.
2: Anything yeah, else I, from this game? Sorry, I only know it was was going to be the, the tight ends. You mentioned that. I think you were spot on on the XM show uh, saying that this is just a stay away situation. Like there's not a there's not a yeah. clear Isaiah Likely who is just going to step in uh, for, for Dallas Goddard here. I mean, Jack Stoll won the snap battle handily. So if you're if you're really pressing a tight end or you're in a super deep league and you're, you're looking for some sort of value. I mean, it was Stoll, 55 snaps, Grand Calcaterra. 19 uh, Tyree Jackson snuck in there for nine snaps so Stoll seems to be the guy uh, in terms of workload but you know he was one target in this game and neither of the other tight ends were even targeted so I, I think this is just something where it spills over to the receivers it spills over yep. to the backs.
1: yeah, that snap counts useful if you're in a 30 team two tight end league yes. so, yes. so you if, you're,
2: if you're in a league where you're required to you know roster someone named Jack Stole, then maybe that's yeah. valuable
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, one more game from the early slate the Rams and the Saints. Andy Dalton was one of the early high scorers at QB this week. Who knew Uh, against, against the Rams, no less 21 to 25, three touchdowns did take three sacks. uh, And you know, that, that does hurt, but they didn't, they didn't turn the ball over at all. And that was big in this game. Uh, The Rams kept pace for a while, but then Stafford caught, had the concussion Rams. The saints had a big third quarter and actually, you know, this was like kind of in the bag, kind of, this was, this was, I was a little surprised on this one. I had the Rams covering this one. Is another one I got aggressively wrong.
2: Yeah, I uh I don't remember where I went in staff picks. I, I think I, I do remember saying this would be a three-point game. And I, I think I took the Saints to win at home, but I, I believe we had it at three and a half. And I think I took the Rams to cover I mean, the one the one unit that I respected in this game was the Rams defense, and and they let him down. I mean, Andy Dalton had been struggling the last yep. three weeks coming into this game, and he looked fantastic. Twenty-one of twenty-five, only took three sacks. Yeah, uh, which Randy Dalton is fantastic. Had the three touchdowns. Alave got back on track. Jawan Johnson uh, continues to be sneakily productive. We saw Jarvis Landry get in the end zone as well. Um, you know, the Rams hit a big one to 2-2 Atwell early on. Other than that, just a, an offense that was completely devoid of big plays. And we'll see what happens with Stafford. Uh, you know, this could be if he if he does indeed have a concussion. That would be two concussions in three weeks. I, I know as of last night he wasn't officially in protocol who knows what that means we'll see um but you know we're it's getting late early for the Rams Could be here. operation
1: shutdown time no it, cooper Cup. i think Could so no too. no
2: stafford i i mean they're at I the think, chiefs next week by the way yeah yeah
1: that, it yeah. doesn't get any easier and they're in the and they're i still contend it's a, a tough division despite the r- records of everyone there and it's not even wolford it's bryce perkins is is the backup now right. and he took three sacks and didn't look ready for prime time uh, uh yeah, there's not a whole lot of takeaways. Allen Robinson had had the touchdown, four catches. Higby had eight targets, so he's still heavily targeted. He still probably will be. The other takeaway is Cam Akers led the backfield this week, 14 for 61, 4.4 yards per carry. I guess he, he may have some juice. Kyron Williams has some juice, and Daryl Henderson's almost a cut.
2: Yeah, it's starting to, starting to look that way. I, I did not think we would see Cam Akers back with this team, You know, around like week five, week six, when, when all that was bubbling up. Um, I'm shocked, but that's kind of where the Rams are, you know, they, they were unable to, to bring in any other help and cam makers did what he needed to do behind the scenes to, to get back in the good graces of this coaching staff. And, you know, we, we say it all the time about these bad teams, like the Rams, the Rams are cooked. Like the rest of the season is going to be ugly, but much like today, I mean, they're, they're still going to be scoring somewhere between 10 and 20 points most weeks. And cam makers is going to have some value. I mean, I, I think they're just going to slowly bleed out this season, um, with or without Matthew Stafford at this point and on Alan Robinson, by the way, kind of disappointing, no real uptick in targets post Cooper nope. cup. He did almost exactly what he's been doing over the last four weeks. Like he's, he's basically averaging four catches and 45 yards uh, over the last five weeks. So it's, it's a, a slight improvement over what you got from him early on, but it just, it, it doesn't really look like all of a sudden taking Cooper cup away is going to mean Alan Robinson is, is averaging eight well, catches a week, especially, especially when he takes Stafford out. away. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, for sure. All right. We got one more uh, note from a sponsor from our friend the Monkey Knife Fight. Football is officially back on Monkey Knife Fight with all the NFL action you're looking for. And if college football is more your speed, they've got plenty of that too. On Monkey Knife Fight, there's no sharks, no salary caps, and no math. It's just easy to play, easy to win, daily fantasy player props. Join now at monkeyknifefight.com and you'll get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to $100. So, what are you waiting for? join monkey knife fight today oh goody let's talk denver and raiders here nick this is this is another instant classic. went to overtime i mean you're thrilled if you have devontae adams um i guess you know Derek carr you're 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 fine with you you know he did fine he got the big uh, throw at the end of the game the broncos i mean they just they they threw on third down with the lead again and the raiders out of timeouts incomplete pass Cost themselves 40 seconds, then called a timeout on the Raiders drive while on defense. I mean, it didn't matter because they were probably far enough down at that point in time in, in the Broncos territory, but especially with Daniel Carlson kicking, but still just, you know, this is just, they do so dumb things. They deserve to lose these games.
2: A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I I actually thought this was a, a good spot for Denver. You know, we talked about trusting this defense, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as, as one of the best units in the league against what's been just a terrible Raiders team, but the Raiders have their number this year, they're two and O against Denver and they've racked up a ton of yards on a defense that really nobody else has been able to move the ball against all yeah. season. Josh Jacobs has had two huge games against this team. And, you know, he had probably the play of the game, you know, late in the fourth quarter, long screen pass out of the backfield or swing pass. I should say, uh, they, I think it was Josie jewel for the Broncos was just horribly beat, on that one and you know, probably yep. should have set up a touchdown for the Raiders, but they end up settling for a field goal. Uh, a scenario that we, it feels like we've seen from them time and time again, where they have four chances from like the 10 yard line. Uh, and couldn't punch it in, but man, I mean, Denver is just so poorly coached. Like you said that you, you, you kind of felt like that third down pass was coming. Like, you know, Hackett felt like he needed to trust Russell Wilson there. Obviously it was going incomplete. Obviously it would have been better to, to run 40 seconds off the clock. Um, they're, they're just so poorly coached, so poorly managed. We had another huge Melvin Gordon fumble, uh, that, that turned a touchdown drive into a field goal drive. And unsurprisingly, they have now parted ways with Melvin Gordon.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, it's, it's about time Latavius Murray. Hey, when you got Latavius Murray going 17 for 49, you don't need you Gordon good. around 17 <laughs> for 49, 2.9 yards. Uh, one of those was a one yard run for a touchdown. Yeah. So, okay, fine. Uh, but point is that that was just the, it was the last straw. Is the last fumble, I get it there. Uh, yeah. yeah, not much. It's such a narrow tree for the Raiders. Jacobs had only all the carries, every single carry for the Raiders running backs. Uh, and he had the big catch, too. Big, big week for him. Didn't get in the end zone, but still, I mean, it was pretty good, pretty solid. Uh, Foster Moreau had one big play in overtime that 33 yard catch. Um, that put them that did a lot to put them in that position, and then. Of course, Adams just toasted Sertan on the game winning touchdown, just toasted him. Great route and horrible support, horrible, like designed by the pass defense to be put yeah. in that position.
2: Yeah, he was wide open, you know, wide, wide open. Camera pans as Derek Carr's throwing that one. Um, and, and Adams is just running left to right with really nobody near him. Yeah, um, Devontae Adams, I mean, if he, if nothing else, he has kind of risen above uh the carnage that that has become this Raiders season. I mean, my good yeah. seven for 141 in two touchdowns. I mean, he's on pace for, for another just monster, monster season. And, you know, long-term, I, I still don't think this is probably what he signed up for in Vegas, but uh, I mean, the yardage is going to be there. He's two touchdowns away from eclipsing last year's total already. Um, and again, I, I think the Raiders, you know, they're sitting at three and seven. They're, they're probably done at this point. The rest of the schedule is not easy by any means. Um, your only real quote unquote easy game uh, is against the Rams and, and you're the Raiders. So no game is easy, but Uh, I mean, he is, he's on course for a huge, huge, huge year. So good to see that if nothing else for fantasy owners and also good to see Josh Jacobs back on track here. Indeed. Anything else from that game? Uh, Not too much. I I just, the Russell Wilson trade, we, at some point we're going to have to have a long talk on the XM show about like where this ranks in terms of disastrous deals, because yeah, yeah, I mean this week to week, this, you know, watching this game, the announcers are like, well, this, this is far and away the best Russell Wilson has played all year. Oh, okay. if that's true, yeah. which it very well might be, if that's true, Russell Wilson, this is where he is now. His best game of the year is 247 yards and no touchdowns.
1: Yeah. I will say this. No Jerry Judy, no KJ Hamler, no Tim Patrick. They, you know, pl- three players they expected to have at the start of this season. Yeah, but still. I mean, and they I, chose not to have Albert O out there. I queue up Mario Puig with another rant about that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, a- a- anyhow, and I I don't think Mario is wrong, by the way. Uh, just no. It's it's just they chose not to have that weapon on the field all right let's finish up with the sunday night game chiefs and chargers this was fun this was a fun game really fun game
2: i I thought the chargers were going to win i really did i let myself think that the chargers were going to win this game uh really good first half by the chargers Thought the defense showed up things changed significantly in that second half uh you know isaiah pacheco i I think that was probably the 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 number one storyline from this game other than travis kelsey just being Travis Kelsey and, and Mahomes reminding everybody that he's still the best quarterback in the league. Yep. Pacheco, this felt like the official kind of coming out party for him on a national stage. And you know, the final line was nothing crazy 15 for one Oh seven, but I, can, like, does anybody like any non superstar running back that you think of have like that distinct of a running style? Like you're watching him. Like he looks different than every other back. He runs in the league.
1: angry and, at the turf. Yeah, he's and, like Roy and, Kent. Yeah, yeah. You know that reference?
2: No, I do not. No, Is, okay. <laughs> Lasso. You okay. haven't seen Ted Lasso yet. I'm not, I've saw, I watched some modern show. Say. I, I didn't okay. like Ted Lasso. I'm, I'm anti Ted Lasso. Really? That's too I am. bad. I know. I know. I know it's not a popular take. I, I didn't love it. Um, but Pacheco, man, I mean, he's almost on like a rhythm, the way he runs where it's just like, you know, his yeah. whole body is kind of into it. It's like, I, I would not want to tackle that guy. Uh, I'll tell you that. and And certainly the chargers did not want to in the second half, but, Oh man, it, it it felt like that final score, you know, by by the Chargers, which you know was set up by that insane throw from Herbert to Keenan Allen. A great catch by Allen, kind of a making amends for that fumble on the mm-hmm. previous possession. You just knew they had scored way too soon, right? Way but, way but, too soon. But yet
1: you can't moderate that. No, it's my, not at all. This is a huge talking point for me because touchdowns are not a birthright. They're not like a yep. given. When you score a touchdown, you take it. When you can, you take it. I mean, they still got the ball at the end. They still had 30-plus seconds, and all they needed was a field goal. They yep. just couldn't protect Herbert two plays in a row. I, no, I, they did right. this – and, and I. by the way, on that first play of that last drive, they did like what looked like to be a QB draw, and no, that's not it. Don't do that. Yeah. I know you had timeouts to use. but It was a down. It was yardage. I mean, I, they just couldn't protect him at the end. Chris Jones took over at yep. the very end there. Uh, Kelsey was unstoppable. I mean, that, that's the other thing. He beat Derwin James like a rented mule. I mean, it was just, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I'm i am stealing a total line from uh, Oberman there. But, uh, you know, it, it, the best cover safety on tight ends yep.
2: got just toasted by Kelsey. Just toasted. Yeah, you're right. I'm glad you brought that up. It was, I was going to say that too. I mean, it was our best against your best. And I mean, it wasn't just that last play, uh, that last touchdown by Kelsey. It was all night. I mean, Kelsey was yep. routinely getting the best of Derwin James who, you know, it's just kind of crazy watching that replay. It's like all the numbers indicate that Derwin James is much faster than Travis Kelsey, but he could not catch up to him. You know, Kelsey nope. has that subtle get off on the line and, um, you know, it was kind of, they it looked like they were almost running a pick play. They ran it perfectly to the point where I think Derwin James was maybe anticipating have to, having to get around. I believe it was Watson kind of crossing in the middle and just never caught up. And and yeah, I mean, that, that was the story for me is the, the Chargers were, I, I think, a little bit timid Coming out of halftime, they're up seven. Um, they they passed on a fourth and in inches at around the forty yard line. They punted, which knowing the Chargers, they almost what never do that. What did you do with
1: Brandon Staley? I mean, that that should be your sign that he's been kidnapped and that's an imposter on the sidelines. So.
2: I I thought, given the opponent, I mean, okay, I'm looking now. It was closer to the thirty-five. So look, if you don't get it, you know, you're probably giving up a touchdown. But they punted and gave up a touchdown anyway. It's like it's yeah, the Chiefs. Exactly. You're Brandon Staley. Like you, this is what you do. You absolutely this- need to convert this. And they they had done well, you know, on third and fourth down conversions. Uh, or third down convergence, I should say to that point, uh, right? a couple dicey ones, but you know, Austin Eckler was getting it done. You know, he's such a tough guy to tackle. He stays low. Um, you know, Herbert had a, had a sneak on one. I believe that they got a first down. I mean, I, I, I thought as soon as they, they punted that ball, they kind of signed their own death warrant.
1: That's some Anthony Lynn stuff there. Uh, it really was. Sure. Uh, Mike Williams got hurt again, made a beautiful toe tap yeah. catch and then limped off to this Island was done. Uh, uh, so frustrating with them. At least Keenan yeah. Allen made it through the game. He did have the bad fumble, but five for 94 Palmer. What a huge day. He had eight for one Oh six scores. I mean, that first drive, boom, boom, boom. Three plays are like, Hey, we have Justin Herbert back. And he, oh, yeah. he, he had a great game. Just couldn't get the time late. The, the chiefs adjusted. The chiefs had no white house to speak of. I mean, Justin Watson's out there making plays. Sky Moore made some plays, but they lost. Yeah. They, they lost Tony in this game. Valdez Scantling had one catch. I mean, it was just all Kelsey. I mean, it was just crazy. And yet here we are. I mean, the chiefs mm-hmm. just, I mean, they just keep on reloading. It's amazing.
2: Yeah. That was part of the reason I like the chargers was I, I really thought they would feel the, the absence of McCole Hardman, the absence of Juju Smith Schuster. And in the first half, maybe it felt like they did, but sky moore you know, felt like all those catches were huge, you know, third downs. They, they converted a third and 17 in mm-hmm. the second half from deep in their own territory. I mean, that, that just can't happen. You know, those are the type of plays that it feels like only the chargers give up. And you know, right. the, the amount of talent on that defense just does not, uh, does not equate to the result. And, you know, you only sack Mahomes once Herbert sacked five times. Uh, could have been more, uh, but I, I, on the whole though, I thought Herbert looked amazing in this game outside of that pick late, which was a desperation throw, you know, kind of chuck under in pressure the coverage. Yep. It was tipped. It was a, you know, diving uh, interception off of a tip. So, you, you know, you, you'll give a pass for that, but this is three weeks in a row now coming out of the bye where he has, he has looked like MVP candidate, Justin Herbert, and he's not in the mix for that award this year, but I I think he's fully recovered from that rib injury.
1: Yep. Chargers fans can be pleased that, you know, it's like, like, I love, like, you know, I may not be the, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league in my opinion still, but Chargers fans wouldn't trade Herbert for anything. Bengals fans wouldn't trade Burrow for anything. Bill's fans wouldn't trade Allen for anything. Um, And, you know, we'll see about fields and, fields and hurts being at that level. I, I don't put them at that level yet, but, uh, I don't know. Uh, I might be overstating the hurts case wearing my Bengals, uh, brown, black and orange glasses here too. So we'll see.
2: Yeah. Well, I noticed you didn't, you didn't mention Trevor Lawrence either, but you know, we'll see. You, uh, you're well, me you didn't, he didn't play Muttles this right week. Up?
1: So I wasn't yeah. thinking about that. So yeah, no, I would yeah, not. Very true. I would not.
2: All right, right, let's what, rip was, through, Or go, go ahead, ahead, please. I was yeah. going to say it was just nice to, uh, to have a week without the Jags where I could just sit back and, know that you know i was not going to have like my my sunday end with inevitable sadness
1: that was that i was that way at the Bengals last week uh so i get you all right let's rip rip through these j red says down 42.75 he has cmc he opponent has cmc has debo mitchell golden more hey this does not pass the airplane test don't throw in the towel um we're not gonna do chances to win because that's exclusive province of xm yep Uh, it's not really but we're just not gonna do it uh but don't, don't give up no Trade Ayuk and Wilson for Sanders and Cook. Would you do this?
2: So you're giving up Brandon Ayuk and you're giving up – let me see. I'm trying to find you, this question. You're giving up Ayuk, Ayuk and I'm, I'm not, not sure Ayuk. which Wilson, but – I assume Jeff Wilson? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Sanders and it's Not Zach. <laughs> yeah, Garrett. George. It could be Garrett. I I, st- I want Miles Sanders. I'll say that. I mean, he's, he's my favorite player. Yeah, in this trade yeah we need we need a specification on the way it could be russell wilson for all we know who knows um i I want the sanders side of that though so i
1: i I like the Ayuk side so if it's Ayuk and jeff wilson i I prefer Ayuk and jeff wilson jeff wilson's gonna have value going on the stretch uh we already talked about lamar you guys think keenan coming back is gonna make palmer more productive going forward it's easy to say that after a massive game i don't think it always plays out this way but i mean i think it does help palmer
2: think so uh I mean it certainly did last night and Keenan Allen was on somewhat of a pitch count uh they they were very careful with him and I I think he's going to get better and better but the the more important thing is you know the at least the initial indication on Mike Williams was he re-injured that high ankle sprain so I I think we could be now back to a situation where he's week to week at best indeed uh Matt says I lost Ertz, so I pick up Dalton Schultz or David Njoku Ooh, I actually like both of those guys. We saw Njoku get back involved. I I think I would slightly lean Schultz. There, there's a Dak-Schultz connection. I know he didn't get in the end zone, you know, despite them yeah. putting up 40 points. But Dak looks for Schultz way more than Cooper Rush did. I, I think Schultz's value was kind of artificially lowered early on. Agreed. I think it's because
1: they put up 40 points. He didn't have to turn to Schultz that much. Um, they just Pollard it. It was just so effective in this game. Last one, uh, any value of Marlon Mack now that they waived Gordon? Uh, the Broncos waived
2: Gordon. I think there, there might be by default because Chase Edmonds also left that game with a high ankle sprain. So we'll yeah. see what, what, what they do to to add depth, but you're essentially removing two guys from that depth chart. Yeah,
1: it just shows how little they think of Gordon that they yeah. in a week where they lost another running back, they did this too. Yeah. All right, that's going to
2: wrap it up, everybody. Thanks for uh,
1: jumping in with us. Team ESOA is about to start, so we timed this absolutely perfectly. So Perfectly. Thanks to No House Advantage. Catch Nick and I tonight on Sirius XM Fantasy during the Monday Night Football game and take care.